It's time to find out the stories behind the stories. Welcome to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Get ready for some amazing guests, along with Nick's own expertise and insight behind some of today's top news in sports. The where, why, and how. Now, here's your host, Nick Ferguson. Oh, yes, it's another exciting week of Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. I don't know where you are right now, but I hope you have a good time. Also, keep this in mind. We're celebrating the life and the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So go out today, do something kind for someone else. And as usual, I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Mario Vitanzi. Mario, we got a great show lined up today. As always, Mr. Fergie Ferg. Yes, and you know what? Here's something that's very interesting. We're going to be talking to, uh, very shortly, Garrison Hurst. Now, Garrison Hurst, to give you a little bit about G. Hurst, and I call him, call him G. Hurst because I know him just a little, we played at rival colleges. And if anyone knows anything about uh, the South, Georgia and Georgia Tech, they really don't get together that often. That's like mis- mixing, you know, vodka and, and milk or, or oil and water for <laughs> those who uh, choose not to drink. Those and are things know, I've a, never a, mixed together before. Exactly, and they don't make too too much of a delectable uh, uh, drink. So we'll have him on later to get his take on what's going on with UGA, and then also talk to him about uh, the 49ers and get his insight on you know who will end up being being victorious after this weekend's weekend's game. So so Mario, tell me a little about your weekend, man. What'd you do? Man, I had a fantastic weekend just watching football and. You know what I noticed, uh, for those who tune in to us every week, and first off, we appreciate it greatly, or those of you that heard the show, and we did some uh, real talks, some hashtag real talks on that show, and I just want to point out, uh, before we get started, that Philip Rivers and the bow tie, or the bolo tie, rather, went down, and it was just so sweet to see, and that completed my weekend. I had a fantastic weekend, seeing that little... Well, abs- Crimea Rivers, baby. <laughs> that, 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 that's awesome. It, it was great to uh, see the Broncos go ahead and put themselves in a position. Did to you get see back the answers that he was throwing throughout the game, Nick? Well, you know what? That was one of the biggest things I talked about is the fact that everyone's talking about how San Diego was red hot and the resurgence of Phillip Rivers. But I said, if you watched the games and watched him over history, whether it was Norv Turner or Ken Winsenhunt as offensive coordinator, he's had a tendency to make mistakes, especially in the passing game. And that's what you have to do. Force him to pass the ball, get him outside the pocket. And he did just as though I remember him doing, being that type of guy, get outside the pocket, just being a little off the mark. And the Broncos came up victorious. So let's see what, what happens of this weekend when they face, you know, Tom Brady and those pesky Patriots. Yeah, we'll certainly get into that later. Well, you know, I think we still we have uh, Garrison uh, uh, Hurst on, and uh, if we if we do, G Hurst, are you there? Well, we'll we'll, we'll see. But uh, uh, if you're just tuning in, Nick Ferguson, secondary perspective, joined by always my co-host Mario Vitanza. You can find him at Mile High Mario, and you can find me at Nick Ferguson underscore twenty five to get yourself into the conversation. Eight 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 three four six nine one four. 
for while we wait to see uh, if we get G. Hurst here uh, on the line. Oh, G. Hurst is here on the line. And, uh, Justin, we're going to bring G. Hurst in the proper way. He's from the South. So I put a little something together. Go ahead, play that for G. Hurst, if you will. G. Hurst, that, that was a little introduction. I know you from from down south in Atlanta. That's a little bit of a uh, uh, big boy and outcast, little uh, yeah, <laughs> Harris, welcome to the program. Uh, t- tell me something re- really quickly. I mean, uh, we go go back and, and we definitely play for rival schools and we'll get into that a, a little later. But 1999, you know, uh, you were having a great year. You come home to play against the Atlanta Falcons, and then you suffer a tragic injury to your ankles, and doctors said that you, you would no longer be able to play or the chances of playing after that was pretty much uh, none. What was it that got you through that rough period and got you back to win the comeback player of the year, and you did it twice? What got, kind of got you through that? Um, it was Man, that was a combination of things, honestly. It was um, a whole lot of praying. And I did not want to leave the game off an injury that I looked at. I, I thought, you know, it was a broken ankle. In the end, it became, uh, it, it was diagnosed as vascular necrosis on my tail is bone. But I just didn't feel like I was done, man. I could not leave after the year I had. I felt like it was, I was playing pretty good at the time. And I'm like, I don't know what it's going to take, but I'm going to give it everything I got to get back. Now, now tell me, after you broke that ankle, or before you broke it, San Francisco was pretty much on another ride. You were going to play the Falcons at that time, and then next up was going to be the Minnesota Vikings. Now, if you could take the DeLorean and the time machine and go back, and you don't get injured, let the viewers know what might have happened if the 49ers had a healthy <laughs> Garrison Hurts. Hey, man, listen. We were going to whoop the Falcons' tail, and we are going to whoop uh, Minnesota, Period. Now, again, I'm in a time machine, so I can say that. Well, if you just join us, we're talking to outstanding and standout running back from the UGA Bulldogs. Every time I get ready to spit that out my mouth, this kind of leaves a a certain taste on my tongue. It sounds so good. Nick Nick is just a little salty about that. Oh, it sounds so good. (laughs) <laughs> oh no, man! No, no, when, when I finish this interview with you, G Hers, I'm gonna have to go up, go back, and wash my mouth out with soap for for the many times I'm gonna have to say bulldog. See, see right, hey, right, right, right there. Every time you say Georgia, you might as well just say bulldog. Because when you say Georgia Tech, you think of losing. Man, you want to be on a winner sometime. Oh, I know. Come on now. <laughs> wow, <laughs> the breakout fights over here. You know, you know what, you know what, Mario, what I said. I'm not going to stoop down to G Hurst level. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do. And that is that is something you can tell by what he just said. That, that that's typical Georgia Bulldog mentality. But, but, but like Georgia Tech. Hey, listen, man. I had to deal with a whole year of you and Chris. Georgia Tech this. Georgia Tech that. Hey, man. I'm getting it when I can with you. You know that. Well, well that, that's good, man. I'm glad, glad to have you on. Also, you know, we're talking about 
uh, the NFL this weekend, and you spent some time with the San Francisco uh, 49ers. What is it about this organization? Because in the 80s and the 90s, I mean, that 49ers name became synonymous with, with winning, and, and now the tradition is coming back. What makes this organization so successful? Um, I can speak for when I was there for sure, man. When I first signed with the 49ers, Mr. DeBarlow was the owner. You know, I played for um, Arizona Cardinals and the Cincinnati Bengals those first four years. And the first day I walked in there after, you know, doing my contract, this guy knew my name, knew my family name. It was just totally different, totally different. I've never met an owner that knew that much about anybody. You know, that actually spent that much time talking to his players. And then you get on the field and, well, I'm sorry, you get in the meeting and the first thing you talk about is winning the Super Bowl. You don't talk about we need to do better than we did last year. We don't need to need to try to make the playoffs. The goal was Super Bowl or go home. It was nothing else talked about. It was I wasn't used to it. And you get out on the field, you see Jerry Rice, Steve Young, you know, Brian Young on the defensive side, Ken Norton. And the first thing we can run a few plays and Jerry Rice catch a pass, maybe a slant, six yards slant, and he runs eighty yards for practice. Every play. Every time he caught a ball he'd take it to the house. And that, that was contagious, man. It was that's, that organization was all about winning, and it showed. Well, well, you know, you talk about, you know, the mentality of, of winning, and there's a lot of teams in the NFL that really struggle. They think it's just kind of about uh, the personnel, but I really do think it, it starts from top to bottom with the organization. And, and I say it I've always as a kid watching San Francisco – I would have loved to play for that, that type of organization. And, and you mentioned the guy, Ed DeBarlow Jr. Why, why is he not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Why I have no idea. He should have been first vote, man. Just look at what he, what he did. Look at what he's meant to football as far as changing the way. I mean, he definitely changed the way owners, the way the owners that want to have a great organization run their organization. It didn't matter to him. And, and then the crazy part about it, his simple philosophy was, you know, we're going to win and be a class act at the same time. And that's the point. That's, that's what stuck with him for so long. Well, that's I, the mentality of Georgia what... Tech, man. Huh? Yes. That's the mentality <laughs> you know, of Georgia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> see, 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 you know, you know anytime you mention the word Georgia Tech for some reason, when you're talking about Georgia alumni, and we're sitting with uh, Garrison Hurst who's joining us today, longtime uh, Georgia Bulldogs standout in San Francisco 49ers, it, it just seems like, like uh, any Georgia person seems to go deaf to the word Georgia Tech for some reason, because if you allow that to creep in to your soul, you'll realize that Georgia Tech is really a, a better school. Well, than... well I, I have a quick question, though. Two best receivers in the NFL right now. Where did they go to school? G. Hurst, you can answer that one. Well, you know what? I give credit to credit is due. Georgia Tech and Georgia, <laughs> in my opinion. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, well, see, who, that, who am I, who am I talking about? First. You guys well, you know what? That, that, hey, AJ, come on, Green, really? Would you would you rather have AJ Green or Demarius Thomas right now? AJ Green, my bulldog. Of course, of course you would. I'm sorry, that's just I how think I think there's. I, I think there's a my, little my bias black there. Go deep, man. I mean, if we're going to talk about overall skill as a wide receiver, I feel like A.J. Green's numbers are a little bit inflated, man. He's the only guy that Andy Dalton has to go to in Cincinnati, the only legitimate threat. You look at Denver the last couple of years. First off, D.T. started his career with Kyle Orton and Tim Tebow. 
So that's obviously going to limit his production. But you finally get a good quarterback in here, and he's, keep in mind, competing for balls with four other very capable pass catchers, if you include Noshawn Moreno, a former Georgia Bulldog. And I just you look at his size and his stature and his breakaway speed. He's like, it, it shouldn't make sense that he's so fast for how big he is. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Um, are you a tech guy, too? Let's, let's assume that they both went to Georgia. Who would you rather have? Well, I, you know what? I can't even go there with you, brother. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm sorry. AJ first. I'm, I, okay, I see what you're saying. But if you put AJ on that same team, he'd do the same thing. All right, that's fair. Now, now my question something, is, something I wanted to put, get into uh, get into with you, Garrison – 1999 and 2000, I mean, out of the league, only two players in NFL history to be comeback player of the year twice. Tell us a little bit what it was like coming back in that 2001 season. You know, you had that terrible injury. You had 99 and 2000 out of the league. You come back, rush for over 1,200 yards, uh, four touchdowns on a very good 49ers team. What was it like? Coming back and not only coming back, but being as effective as you were. Um, it was in the first part of the season a little nervous. I, I didn't think, I didn't know. It wasn't far as knowing about whether my ankle would hold up. I just didn't know if I, I still could do it on a consistent basis. That year, you know, I shared time a little bit with Kevin Barlow more, but. It was. I was nervous initially in the beginning, but once the season got rolling, and you know, once you get out of pre um, preseason and camp, you get into that regular season mode, and you know things break down better. So it it was a it was a like more of a fantasy initially. I, mean, I was just trying to get back used to playing, and and about you know before I looked around, we were week eight, and we were winning, and things started to get easier and slow again. Nick, you know, you know what I mean when I say when things started to slow down. I was like, okay, I'm seeing things again. I'm starting to feel it. You know. The hardest thing coming back from, for most guys, I would say, is is not the running and seeing the hoses. It's as a running back, when you're trying to block and you got to go from front side to back side and you hadn't been there for a long time, it seems like those guys from your backside get there so fast. But all of a sudden, I was able to get backside and pick up an outside corner or that safety or that backside Mike or backside Sam or backside Will. It's just that part of the game slowed back down and just made everything fun again where we were winning and that always makes things fun you win yeah absolutely and just being back out on the field I mean after such an incredible absence I mean players in the NFL it's a way of life you know you see these guys all the time you talk about having a close-knit family you come back after two years it's just got to be an incredible feeling yeah it was you know you I miss playing but you miss more than anything is you're out there with the guys that you're going to fight with every day on Sunday. That's the part you miss more than anything. Like now, once you retire, the first thing, the thing you miss the most is being in the locker room with your boys, with your guys, getting things, you know. It's not so much the game. It's that, it's that camaraderie you guys bond and the bond you have. And that's the part that I was missing a lot when I was, when I was out and, and wanted to be back in the game. Right. If, if you're just joining the show, we are joined by former UGA standout, and 49ers running back Garrison Hurst talking a little bit about dogs football and also talking about his experience inside the 49ers organization. Uh, Garrison, uh, we're going to be coming up against a break in, in a moment. Uh, I was wondering, is it possible to keep you on so we could talk a little more about the 49ers, the playoff race, 
and uh, dig into deep about the Georgia Bulldogs. Is that possible? Oh, yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm here. Let's get it. I got a whole lot of words to say about the dogs anyway, and a whole lot less about Tech. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, go to your corners. You know what? We're going to have to bring Mills Lane in here and let him uh, pretty much uh, <laughs> navigate navigate this thing right now because, uh, you know what, right now I'm putting on my, my gloves and my uh, Vaseline on my face and I'm getting ready to throw some jabs. <laughs> Ooh. And, and Ooh, here we go. Hey, that's right. It, it, it's you next, know, losing makes you sensitive. Oh, oh, we can. If you want to go there, we can go there. <laughs> so, 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 I'm gonna chill out, do a little bit of woo sign over here, get my mind right for this next segment. But uh, come back with with and join us. We got Garrison Hurst on Mario Batanzi, Voice America Sports, Nick Ferguson, Secondary Respective, right after the break. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? <laughs> Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Voice America Sports, Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective. G. Hurst on the line, our guest today on this beautiful day here in Atlanta. And as always, my partner in crime, Mario Mile High 
Vertanzi before the break, I was just telling G Hers and Mario that I was uh, getting myself all souped up over here with my Vaseline, my gloves, and gonna put on my my pair of Timberlands because you can't get into a good fight without a good pair of Timberlands to keep you grounded. So we're gonna jump back <laughs> into it with with, 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 with G Hurst because what I don't like now, it, I, I'm not gonna let a a guy from Georgia come on my show. And just start slinging mud and not sling mud back, you know. Now, 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 he's an SEC guy. I'm an ACC guy, and I don't even want to get into it. But I'm just gonna throw it out there. I don't want to get into the fact of, you know, what what, what the payment policy and, and somewhat of a pay cut he might have taken by going to the NFL. Oh. But, but th- oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hit dog will holler. A hit dog will holler. <laughs> you are a little spicy right now, Nick. He's a little spicy. Dang. Hey, you did listen, not. You did not go there. Wait a minute. You said keep it real. I'm just trying to keep it real and let the public know how things go down. I don't know if you want to delve into that, but if you want to, I'm sure the <laughs> listeners would definitely love to hear how much of a pay cut you took. You know what? Just Probably like not said, even that much. Just like you said prior, hey, if you believe what you say is the truth, right? Yeah. Hey, it is truth. Okay, so you believe what you say. Obviously, that's a lie. We don't do that in Athens. Come on, baby. (laughs) Come on, man. See, see, you know what? In order for someone to believe, G. Hurst, I mean, be be, be honest with, with the people. You know, just be just be let's be totally honest, because it's always been a topic. You know, should athletes get paid? But when you look at certain institutions, they're already getting paid. <laughs> I agree. Athletes should get paid in college. I do think that because I think if, if they're making so much money for the for the, not just for the school, but for the NCAA. But the University of Georgia is a square school. We don't do that. We go out and we get kids because they want to come play for the dogs. That's why. Well, well, well speaking, speaking of the dogs, recently Todd Grantham uh, left the dog to go join Bombertrino. Everyone knows here in Atlanta, if you know college football, uh, you know uh, professional football, NFL football, Bombertrino was a coach that overnight decided to go sue Pig and go join uh, Arkansas and leave the, the Falcons hanging. But now Todd Grantham is there. Now you bring in a guy named uh, Jeremy Pruitt, to be the new defensive coordinator. Just kind of talk about being alumnus of Georgia, you know, the state of Georgia football right now as though you see it. Um, I'm liking the signing. I'm liking the hiring of this guy. Um, more than anything, we didn't know much about him. I um, right. watched the championship game, of course. And I, I, in my opinion, I thought that Florida State's uh, defense made the best adjustments in the second half. I think that's the reason why they won the game, which – which looks really focuses right on what he did because it was his job. But um, you know, dog dog football. You know how it is, Nick and George. You're doing it's, it's live or die. We um, we got we we need to win. We got to win. I want us to win. But it's hard to say. We we had a lot of guys hurt this year, but you know, considering we, I think we finished respectively. But you know, you always want to be better. Well, when you when you talk about being better now, I mean, Mike Bobo is the offensive coordinator. You're going to lose Aaron Murray. Uh, you have a young quarterback who's kind of struggling to make his way. 
and, and you don't know because there's a lot of uncertainty at that position. And in the SEC, you need a, a, a adequate guy and a competent guy at the quarterback position. But I think the strength of that team has always been for the for the past couple of years the running back position. Todd Gurley, Keith Marshall. For those who don't know, uh, how much have you actually had a chance to speak to these two guys and, and encourage them as far as what they're doing with UJ football? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I think I've met uh, both of them once. Didn't have a chance to have a long conversation with them. Kind of a handshake. Let's play. It was early before the game. You know, I, I agree with you on the running game. You know, George has always been known to be um, a tailback to you place. I think with the young quarterback that we have this year, Running the ball is definitely going to make things easier for him. You know, I hated to see our quarterback get hurt this year, but it did help out the young kid. You know, he didn't get a chance to, to – I'm sure he didn't play as well as he would have liked, but that's going to make a big big difference for him next year when the season starts because he's been in the fire at the beginning. So that'll help him. And I, I think um, the defense will definitely be better because we've got had a lot of young guys playing, and, you know, that now they got some experience. Hopefully come back and, and just pick things up and – this offense get rolling, defense get rolling, and Georgia can get back to where we want to be. Now, w- with that, let's just mm-hmm. say the SEC is, is 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 big on being able to run the ball, uh, stout defense. Now we've seen both Texas A and M and Mizzou both come in. Two big team, Big Twelve teams. Pardon me, uh, come in and have success. What does that say about the SEC now? opposed to what the SEC was when you played? In my opinion, it's more, it's, it's offensive driven now, in my opinion. I don't think the defense is, I don't know if the defense is on as good or this, this different style of offense has ch- had to change the way defense are played. I mean, there's a, they're now, you know, the no huddle offense, the, more of the spread offense, it's all about scoring more points than stopping people. That's why, you know, I think, um, I think it's going to stay like this for a while simply because, you know, I, you know how everybody, it's a copycat league and everything. I'm sure you've heard that just as much as I have. And it's just right now, right. people all want to, they want to work worry about scoring points and, and scoring points fast. If you're just joining us, we're joined by former UGA standout and 49ers, uh, Garrison Hurst. Uh, Garrison, now, I'm going to toss out a couple of names here. Now, I want you to give me a one-word description of what comes to mind when I mention his name. First name, Eric Dickerson. Original. Bo Jackson. It has to be one word. What if it's two words and it takes two words for it? Just put them together into one. (laughs) (laughs) Just make up original word. Okay, then. Okay, uh, Adrian Peterson. All day. Marshawn Lynch. Skittles. <laughs> Jamal Charles. Speed. Frank Gore. Anytime. Reggie Bush. Whoa. Uh, Kim Kardashian. <laughs> you, you know who I'm talking about, right? Yes. Okay. 
So, so, so here, here, here's the last two I'm going to sum around this list out with. Uh, Auburn's own Trey Mason. Uh, new kid. Ah. All right. And, and to, to round off the list, of course, I have to, you know, do it this way. Garrison Hurst. Oh, man. <laughs> Old. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy <laughs> superstar. <laughs> Those are some names, huh, buddy? Wow, wow. So, so once again, uh, there's, there's a big sporting weekend that is upon us. And I think it's going to be the most watched weekend of a playoff football we've seen here in, in years. We have New England at Denver and San Francisco at Seattle. So, so let's, let's stick with San Francisco at Seattle. What do you think it's going to take San Francisco to do to go into that stadium where seldom people have an opportunity to win and be able to come out victorious and punch a ticket once again to the Super Bowl? Um, in order for us to go there to win, the teams that, that beat them or played well with them, they ran the ball on them. you got to keep that offense off the field. Um, we got to score early. Scoring early will make the, the crowd quiet, which definitely helps us. No matter what you think, that crowd noise makes a difference for those people there. And, and we just got to be consistent. Don't make mistakes. Don't put out stuff in bad, bad situations. And if the defense come and play, if they play like they played last time, we'll be we'll be okay. I just need the offense to come and score, and and if nothing else, match what they do. And in the end, you know, if it comes down to a defense struggle, I'll put our defense up against you know, their defense in the day. So, so give give me a quick score. What quick? Oh, I knew you were gonna say that. I Nick, I knew you were gonna ask me that. Well, then that means you should have a score. I don't, but I don't want to because I don't want that. To, you're gonna, it's going to be out there in the social media, and they're going to, I don't need that. I need that out there, but I'm gonna, ah, let me see. Um, well, I'll tell you what. I, I, I'll tell you what. Rarely would I do this for, for a Georgia guy, but, but you and I are cool. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you off the hook without a prediction. That's my How dog about that? right there. All That's right. the kind of deal you can only get from a Georgia Tech grad. That's my dog. Right, nice. I appreciate that, Nick. No, no, no problem. That's See, your Hornet, you're abs- you absolutely uh-huh. right. That's it- your that's your yellow jacket, not your dog. That's your yellow jacket. <laughs> 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 hey man, did you go to Georgia Tech too? <laughs> nah, man. But I mean, I talk to Nick every week. I'm just so saying, show right. I got I got to show a little bit of bias, but if you want me to tell the fantasy football story and kind of back you up, I will. That's fine. Hey uh, man, I mean. I've been getting that. I mean, I appreciate the fans of football thing, but I've been getting this a little bit from you the whole time. But you really, you ride with Nick a little bit on that Georgia Tech thing. Hey, man, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, that's, that's you, it you is what it is. You realize you'll be seeing a bunch of G tags following you later. <laughs> oh, you know what it is? Nick follows me on Twitter, and you do not, Garrison. So there you it know is. What? I said it. I, my bad, Pimpin. <laughs> no, you don't. I mean, I went to I went to CU. So as far as football is concerned, I really don't have any allegiance. You went where? CU, Colorado. Oh, okay. All right, I'm with it. I'm okay. Well, I'm all right. I'll let it go. So I just gotta. I mean, I I latch on to whoever's good, you know, because it's not <laughs> like I have a football team. <laughs> oh. All right, I'm, I'm, with, I'm back now. 
We're good. That, <laughs> man, that I'm a says a lot. I almost walked on to CU's team in my junior year. Didn't play well, high school it. football, still almost walked on. So that should tell you the state of their program. You did not almost walk on and never play football. Well, I played, like, in middle school. Oh, wow. I'm glad you didn't walk on, buddy. Hey, man. <laughs> me too. I don't like losing. Yeah, but you would have well, good. It would have been a rude well, awakening from middle school to, to college. <laughs> I'm just, hey, man, I'm just, I'm just putting it into perspective. The secondary perspective. What's up? <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, Mario, for that shameless plug. And this is Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on Voice America Sports and our guest, G. Hurst Garrison. Yeah. Let's get it. Front running back (laughs) for the Georgia uh, Bulldogs and uh, the the 49ers. And we're just having some good fun on this lovely throwback Thursday, might I add. Speaking of throwback Thursday, guys, really quick, you know, Ten seconds apiece. What's something on Throwback Thursday that we we used to see that we don't see now? I'll give you my first one. Remember, there used to be telephones, payphones on the side of every street. Now we don't see payphones. What do you got for us? I remember back in the day when the University of Colorado football was relevant every year. But it did take them five downs to finally win a national championship. But I'm not bitter. <laughs> now, who? Wait, wait, wait. Oh, hold on. Who did they beat in that national championship? Or I guess who, who did they share it with, I should say. I know who it was. We know. Oh, that was that 1990? That was 1990. Who they share it with, Nick? That was. You, well, I hate to even say it. <laughs> let, let it come out. Come let on, it Nick! No, 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 no. I'm going to let it come off G. Hurst's lips. Go ahead. It was Georgia Tech, man. Y'all had to share one, okay? You got it. You have to <laughs> That's why Nick and I are forever intertwined. We're, we're blood brothers, man. That was the last Y'all, time either of our schools was good at football. You guys must have just became blood brothers because you just thought of that. <laughs> I know, but that's why. I just figured it out, and it took Garrison Hurst to finally get to that point. God bless you, man. When you used to do radio shows and have to deal with two people teaming up on you. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, you a little spicy right now. I'm not really happy because you had to bring up the national title, hon. I appreciate it. I got you. I got you. Well, well, I tell you what, this isn't the WWE, and but also before we go to break, I'll say this: it's been some quite some time since uh, those Bulldogs in Athens uh, sniffed a BCS championship. So I, I'm wow. gonna toss that out there. I'm gonna toss it out there. Let it marinate. Let it marinate for a second. Let that marinate. And then we come back. Yeah, let 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 it get down in in deep side inside the bone. Let get get down <laughs> in that bone marrow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I tell you oh. what, I'm glad I like hey, you, Hey, you know what? Hey, man, you know what? I think we might be two of the guys that offset the trend between our two schools because the two schools don't get along, Georgia Tech and, and, and Georgia. But, but the fact that we can get along, maybe we can now show everyone else 
how you can get along, especially on this, you know, uh, MLK Martha Luther King weekend, you know, uh, just like I say, hey, listen, we can be friends, we can get along, and we can have different opinions, but right after the break, we'll talk about that, and uh, also get Mario's take on what's going to happen in Denver, and what happens if Peyton Manning lose the game against Tom Brady. And man, and that Ferguson is the take you want. Believe me. Coming up right after the break, we'll get that. Nick Ferguson, secondary perspective here on Voice America's Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. If you're looking for a show that takes you through the process of becoming a successful college athlete, you'll want to tune into Get It Done Sports Radio with host Karif Bird. You'll find out about the how-tos of getting to the next level and the do's and don'ts when preparing for college athletics. It's a complete inside look at what's turning out the next generation of players. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Sports. Are you a Philly sports fan? Maybe you're local to Philly, or you're a transplanted Philly fan. Either way, you want to check out Philly Sports Jabronis. It's a radio show that has nothing to do with Chicago sports. It's not about NYC, and L.A. can't even muster a football team of their own. It's all about Philly sports, and nothing but Philly sports most of the time. Join your hosts Mike Greger and Joe Dara every Friday at 7 p.m. Philly time, 4 p.m. on the West Coast for the transplants on the Voice America Sports Channel. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective, VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm joined by my partner in crime, Mario Batanza. You can find him at Mile High Mario. You can find me at Nick Ferguson underscore 25. We're joined by former 49ers and UGA Bulldog standout, Garrison Hurst. But live from New York, we have a call on the line. Al, you in with Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective. What you got for us, buddy? I guess we're still waiting for uh, for Al. Uh, Justin, do, do we got Al on? Is he on the line? Well, I guess Justin to come back to us when we get Al back on the line. Now. Hello? Al, you there? Yeah, Ferg. 
Hey, what's going on, Al? What you got for me? Oh, man, I just want to tell you guys, great show. Great, great show going on, man. I, I really enjoy listening to it out here in, in Long Island. Um, I do have uh, a couple of questions for you guys over there, if you guys have the time. Go right ahead, shoot. Absolutely, Al, and thanks for your support, too. All right, well, listen. You guys are doing such a good job, but I had to chime in and ask Mario. I heard a little bit. I think it was Mr. Hurst said that you was uh, sipping a little Kool-Aid over there with Ferg. Uh, uh, <laughs> is this little, correct? Hey, just a little bit, man, but I love Kool-Aid. All right, all right, all right. Well, listen, And but we, where are you, at Mile High? Yes, sir. Well, you know that new law gives that place a whole new meaning, that stadium a whole new meaning when you say Mile High. <laughs> Apparently, you ain't you sipping no juice. Right. You're doing some other stuff that makes the juice taste extra better. Why now, do you think all the, all the fans still, they're like, oh, well, it's Sports Authority Field, but I still call it Mile High. <laughs> now, I personally exactly, do not partake, exactly. but, you know, brother, and, two and, inches And, old. Nick, you know what? I would really love to see you on the sideline again and see you doing some defensive stuff with them young bucks and uh, showing them some stuff. And, and Mr. Hurst, it was, I, when you said the word for him, I figured he was going to say beast, but he was being modest. I, I appreciate that too. That that sounds. But but let me ask you something. Is it only me who thought he sounded like a little like Randy Moss? A little bit. <laughs> who me? Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds oh, like, in the beginning, I, I'm listening. I'm saying to myself, I came in in, in, a, uh, in a commercial or something. I said, wait a minute, they got they got Randy Moss on there. <laughs> hey man, I'm from the south. Man, I, I can actually understand. Accent, it can't be that bad. Well, you know what? As you kept going, I'm, I'm, I'll be fair. It, you know, I said, "All right, you know, it ain't Randy Moss no more." Okay, it, it is, it, it is, it is hers. <laughs> You're looking out. You're looking out. <laughs> yeah, but great show, guys. I, I really, really enjoyed today's show. Hey, appreciate well, it. Well, thank you very much. Well, you know what? That was Al from New, New York, and and the show is traveling. We we could. Worldwide, in the moment, and it is an absolutely great show. We have to thank, I guess, G Host for for joining us. Uh, it, it's it's been crazy, uh, but let's jump back into NFL for a second. Now, once once again, I said before we went to break, huge game this weekend, Super Bowl implications. It's going to be one of those things that we're going to see two quarterbacks walk off the field with their heads hung low and thinking about what more could they have done to put their team over the top. And when you look at the matchup with the Broncos and the Patriots, San Francisco and Seattle, what quarterback, and we'll start with you first, Garrison, what quarterback do you feel uh, has the most pressure on them right now of the four uh, quarterbacks? Out of the four quarterbacks or out of the two out of the uh, yeah. NFC? No, the four quarterbacks. Who has the um, most pressure? Um, if I was the one that has the most pressure, and it, it is, and it shouldn't be like this because he's done so much. To, in my opinion, would be Peyton. Only because okay. the first thing that people are going to say is, "Can you beat Tom Brady?" Another thing is, well, he's you know he's done all this during the season, all his careers, but he's never been able to get to that to the Super Bowl. But once Peyton, uh, Brady has this, has that. The young guys. They got many more years to go. Peyton, you know, they're looking at Peyton and Brady and saying, these are the guys that are, are older. You know, their years are numbered. But the young guys, you know, the sky's the limit for them. So by saying that, I'm picking Peyton to be the one that has the most pressure on him. I don't think it's fair, but that's definitely how I think it's being portrayed. Mari, before we get your answer, I'm going to toss this out. 
Go ahead. Would you believe that there, there were eight GMs that were asked this question? Right now, who would you choose, Brady or Peyton? Seven out of the eight said they would choose Tom Brady. So with that being said, Mario, I'll go let you uh, answer that question as far as what quarterback has the most pressure this weekend. Now, I, uh, I agree with Garrison to an extent. The only difference is at least Manning does have the one Super Bowl. In my opinion, and even though these guys are very young, the most pressure that I'm going to put is on Russell Wilson right now because you look at that game, Seattle has lost one playoff game in the last, like, 17 attempts. Last time they lost a playoff game was against the Rams back in, like, 2005. So the Niners are coming into this. They were the five seed. They were a wild card team. They played every single game on the road. It's kind of one of these teams where they're playing with house money a little bit. No one really expects them uh, to get an upset here. I mean, you talk about the Broncos-Patriots game. That's 50-50. Could go either way. You know, people are pretty swayed on that. But when it comes to Seattle, everybody talks about the crowd. They talk about how dominant the Seahawks' defense was this year, how uh, bad they beat the Niners the last two times they played in Seattle. So I'm going to put a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson because it's like if he wins, that was expected. You were supposed to win. But if he loses, you know, that city's going to go up in flames. These fans are exactly that. They're fanatical. Everybody's expecting the Seahawks to win. They're not really expecting a lot from the 49ers. They're playing with house money. So I'm going to put mo- the most pressure on Russell Wilson, although I do agree with Garrison. There is a lot of pressure on Peyton. He Only with the one Super Bowl. If he wins one more, I think that that will really seal off his legacy as the greatest quarterback of all time. But unless he gets that second one and he continues to struggle in the playoffs like he has, then... I don't think we're going to talk, we're ever going to agree that Peyton Manning is the best ever to play the game because you got to do it in the playoffs. So, number one, I got Russell Wilson, but, you know, 1B is going to be Peyton Manning as far as pressure is concerned. So, you think with the fact of, you know, right now he has a 10 and 11 playoff record, they say for some reason, hypothetically speaking, and Denver Broncos fans, bear with me on this one. If he were to lose the game, against Tom Brady and the Patriots. Does this tarnish any of Peyton Manning's legacy? You know what? I think it tarnishes it a little bit because look at the regular season that he had. He set records. I mean, he set more records than you can count. He set the record for the most records set in a regular season. But if you can't win the last game of the season, none of that matters. Everybody, I mean, and then you're going to have, everybody thought that the offseason last year was long because of what happened. You lose to this point where you have the most prolific offense by far in NFL history and your defense is starting to click and you lose at this point. That offseason is going to be even longer. Not just because of the offseason or because you lost before the Super Bowl, but because when you come back, Obviously, the preseason is not going to mean anything. The regular season isn't going to mean anything because you've been the number one team in the NFL two years in a row. You've been the number one seed in the AFC. You've won the AFC West three years in a row. None of that matters. The only thing people are going to be concerned about is do the Broncos finally make it to the Super Bowl and can they win it? All of these personal accolades, if you don't win the Super Bowl, mean absolutely nothing. It's just a footnote in history like, yeah, well, it was nice they had a good offense, but what did it do for them in the long run? Yeah, but Mario, man, that's it. That... Yes. Go ahead, G. Hurst. That, that was nice. I, I agree, and I, 
I don't agree on everything. Okay. The only reason I don't agree, I think, I think if, um, I, I don't know if it'll tarnish him as much for the simple fact that if you think back, Brady went, what, 16 and 0 regular season? Yes, sir. Yes. And didn't win a Super Bowl, right? So then let me ask you this real Correct. quick on that, Garrison. What do people remember more? Any of the three Super Bowls that Brady has won or that season where they were 18 and 1? Right. Well, well, my thing is, I don't think that tarnished him at all, did it? I, I, I think I disagree. You think because that, that is the one game of all the games, and Brady's been fantastic. The three Super Bowls, obviously, you can't argue with. But if you bring up a game, you say, what game kind of personifies Brady? What game do you tie in with Brady? I feel like it's that Super Bowl loss to the Giants. Well, I, you know what? I guess we'll, we'll listen to different sides of the fence because I, I don't ever – I always hear about Brady's Super Bowl wins. I don't, people don't talk about Brady losing the Super Bowl as much as they talk about the Giants winning that game. It's never about Brady. It's always about how the Giants played. I don't think that game tarnished him, in my opinion. That's why but, I don't think – you know, I, I hate to say – that Brady one played. Game. I mean, he had a very pedestrian game in that Super Bowl. <laughs> That's another way of saying it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying he played great, but I just don't hear people putting that game up against him and saying this is why his it's, 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 um, legacy is not going to be what it should be. But I think they overlooked that game more than they look at overlook something for Peyton. But see, that's why it's a little different because Brady, he has the three Super Bowls. Peyton just has the one. And everybody's saying, you know, he's so great. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He is the greatest regular season quarterback of all time, only able to muster one Super Bowl. So that's why I I completely agree with and understand what you're saying. But it's not necessarily fair to mention Brady and Manning in the same breath in that sense because Brady has two more Super Bowls than Manning that he can fall back on. So you think Super Bowl wins means makes that makes that person a better quarterback than next? I, I think it's something that you always have to look at. I mean, you think of guys like Dan Marino, and I think if Marino was able to get one Super Bowl, I don't think it would be a competition about who's the best quarterback of all time. But because he never made it to that peak, he's never going to be mentioned as the greatest quarterback of all time. That's just my opinion. I mean, who has the most? Joe Montana. So obviously, we're going to say Montana is always going to be in discussion, the discussion for greatest quarterback of all time. Right. I don't think it's fair, and I disagree with it, but unfortunately, that's how success is measured. And that is a huge part, whether or not you're able to get a Super Bowl. And we're going to talk the same thing with Champ Bailey. He has done absolutely everything from a defensive back standpoint, but win a Super Bowl. So does it tarnish it a little bit? In my opinion, it does. You have to put the, the cherry on top of your career Sunday. And that's the Super Bowl. So, uh, okay, understood, understand. It's not. I'm not, fair, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying that's how people approach it. Right, people do. But I think you look at the, the, the way the person played the game. You, you put their, you know, you look at their stats against the person that's supposed to be the best stats. And the only thing you can take away from is a Super Bowl ring. That's the only thing you can say. And I don't think that's enough for somebody not to be mentioned in, in the elite. But. That's the world we're in, so I understand yes, exactly what well, you mean. Well, well I, I'll tell you what, you know. Expectations as well. People expect Peyton Manning to have more than one Super Bowl. That's just how it is. It, right, I mean, but he has to beat his little brother now, so he got to get one more to tie him up. Hey, exactly right. 
And, and there's no way Eli will ever be mentioned in the same breath as Peyton when it comes to being a quarterback. But you right. can't little brother who will never be on your level as far as anything football-related is concerned. You can't let him finish his career with more Super Bowls than you. Can't do it. Well, I, I tell you what, you know, it, it is it is a great conversation and debate to have. And, and G. Hurst, we're going to have you back on maybe next Thursday after uh, we see what final two teams have made it into the, the show. And we can go ahead and break that down uh, further because I have a huge problem with the whole passing league, the value of the run game with you being a former running back. You'll be able to come back on the show and give us your take on this. Really quick, guys, we have about uh, – 30 seconds left. Mario, give me the result of New England-Denver. Broncos, 34, Patriots, 20. Broncos go to the Super Bowl to play the Niners. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> Drinking that Kool-Aid, baby. Okay. It's delicious. Huh? G-Hurst, give me, give me real quickly. Denver or New England? I'm taking the Broncos. I'm taking the Broncos to call I'm just taking the Broncos. I'm riding with Mario on this one. Score, yes, sir. not quite as, I don't think we score 30, what did you say, 38 or 34? 34. I think it's 31. I think 31-17. I think, I think we're going to just gonna play a different game. Well, well, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. The pretty much breakdown and the outlook for this week's game is going to be a fantastic weekend in sports. No matter who you're rooting for, hey, just make sure you stay away from tall buildings. Uh, Nick Ferguson, secondary perspective, will be back, back here, same back time, same back channel every Thursday, Voice America Sports. I'd like to thank my guest, Garrison Hurst, for joining us. And as always, Mario, it's been a pleasure. Ebony and ivory into next Ah. week we out (laughs) thanks again for stopping by be sure to catch nick ferguson's secondary perspective again next thursday at 1 p.m eastern time 10 a.m in the west on the voice america sports channel we'll share some more great stories next week 